Hey everybody, this is Stan Wanglin and welcome to Talking About Mind, Body and Spirit. Man, we've got a great show for you tonight and you know we're broadcasting from the podcast center of New York. End well, New York, man. You like this song? James Brown, Living in America? Well, that's our show tonight. We have a great guest. He happens to be somebody I love very much. My grandson, James Levi Wangland. And James is going to tell us all about being an immigrant and living in America. Something which is really important. Well, before we talk with uh, James, if you're watching the show or you're a new viewer, I just want to remind you that we can be found on Anchor.com, Apple Podcast iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podbean, Radio Public, and Stitcher. So thanks for joining us tonight for a great show. And just listen to the James Brown, the master, for just a second. We'll be right back with James Levi Wanglin and a show you won't forget. Thanks for joining us. This is Stan Wanglin. I'm talking about mind, body, and spirit. Hey, everybody. This is Stan Wanglin again. Thanks for hanging with me. I'm just doing my favorite thing in the whole world, and that's miking up. And miking up means we get all set and we get all ready to talk with our guests and have them on our show. And this will just take me one second. And we've got a great guest tonight. It's James Levi Wanglin. James is my grandson, and James is uh, 17 years old and originally comes from the Philippines and spent you know the first uh, few years of his life there excuse me and then came over to the United States and with his mother and my son and uh, James is part of our family and we're part of his family and we know him since he's a little little guy but uh, the truth be known uh, James uh, is not yet an American citizen uh, that's a process for that he has to be of a certain age to become a citizen uh, and he will be shortly but he has a very very interesting story and the stuff that you see on the news every day you know all those stories that you see whether it's people on the border in Mexico or people coming from Syria or people coming from Germany or wherever you know wherever it is everybody has a story so James you know here we are together we're sitting across from the mic we're together welcome to the show how are you doing good i'm doing great thanks how are you i'm i'm doing great buddy if you want to pull in a little bit closer to the mic uh you know you just have to move your your chair in there all right uh you know james uh you know thanks for coming to the show and um tell us something about yourself what, what are you doing right now you're i have your age correct i believe i'm always either when you're up or when you're down on age you're still 17 aren't you yes i'm 17 <laughs> <laughs> not until july uh-huh and uh, what do you do james right now right now i am a junior in high school i won't disclose that but mm -hmm. i am right now with my grandpa doing a podcast in immigration and how it was for me coming here and how I experienced it at my point of view of course mm -hmm. and uh, I'm 
going to school, working, yeah, doing great things with my family and friends, and uh, yeah. Are you nervous? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> James is, the, by the way, uh, you know, this, this, it's the most wonderful thing about being a, a podcaster. Number one, I, I say on all my shows, the people that you meet. But uh, it's also, uh, just for moments like this, um, they're Kodak moments. Uh, whether it be uh, when I have been teaching with my late daughter, or uh, I'll do something, a workshop with uh, my son, or I'll do some other things with my stepson and stepdaughter, or do something with James. I know James since he's a little, little tiny boy. And uh, I always tell him the truth uh, is that if I had to, you know, have a biological grandson, I don't see the difference between, maybe it's even better when somebody isn't your biological grandson or granddaughter. He's the, he's the grandson I always wanted. He's absolutely just perfect. And uh, he's the easiest going guy that I've ever met. And uh, he's just a sweetheart, and uh, it, it's so nice to have this experience, uh, you know, to do, to do this with him tonight. So, you know, I appreciate you guys listening in, and uh, bear with me taking a moment just to put James at ease. Uh, I'm, you know, usually am very prepared with a series of questions for, for people, but I like to do things uh, authentic, James, mm-hmm. and you know, just natural. When when I do my podcast, it's like you and I are sitting and having a conversation maybe at a bar, a restaurant, or in our living room, and the folks in the audience are just kind of, you know, having a, a chat with us. So that that's the way I picture things, and that's the way it works. So I hope, you know, that works for you tonight. Oh, yeah, it definitely you know? does. So could, you know, you told people that you go to high school here, and you have a job, and James has a job at the high school. Uh, you know, you uh, have played um, football on the football team. You're on the wrestling team. Uh, you just came back from practice with, with, with the chorus? Uh, with a musical that I'm doing. Yes. In next month in April. Uh, what's the show? It's called Anything Goes. Oh, wonderful. Do you have a big part or a small part or what? I've got a small part. I'm playing a Chinese man that <laughs> gets thrown in jail because I get too drunk often. <laughs> and I learned how to tap dance too, so it's, uh. it's a process, but I'm getting there. So they're not tap... So, so since you're, you're uh, you know, since you're kind of an Asian... Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit Asian looking at times like that. They're not They're not typecasting you too much, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope not. Well, uh, uh-huh. I did Buddy Holly one time, and uh-huh. there was a scene in the Apollo Theater, uh-huh. and there was only a total of five people, colored people in my school. Uh-huh. I was called to... Uh, to, to play a big part in it, so. Uh-huh. You, you're one of the people who to play a black person. <laughs> yeah, you I, played, story, right? I played the hoster. I played as a host, and I introduced Buddy Holly and his friends in a... I sang with them. I danced with them. Played the trumpet. Uh huh. Did uh-huh. a little bit of that. And, and you know the funny thing is, uh, and it is funny, folks. It's not. Uh, it, it, it's it's a funny thing. James got that part, and James is from. Uh, well, why don't you tell people where you're from, James? I am from the Philippines. Yes. And that is just right off the coast of China, actually. Mm-hmm. But unlike other Asians, I am not exactly white. Mm-hmm. I'm actually colored. I'm a little bit mm-hmm. co- darker than a it. little. A little bit darker, right? Yeah. Now, see, to me, I, uh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't see you as an African American. I wouldn't see you as looking like you were from. To me, you look a little bit more. Um, I don't know, Malaysian or something like that. It would, it would be a little bit like. Some or, people or, have called me Samoan. Yes, yeah, Samoan. That's exactly right. Yeah, yes, Samoan like because South of my dark color. Yes, and still Asian, kind of like looking. Right. Face. Right. Just don't have the bill of a Samoan. Yes. Yes. 
So, you know, you do have those features. I know sometimes when I'll tell people, you know, there's my, my grandson, and they'll see a picture of my granddaughter, who's your sister, of mm-hmm. course, but is my biological granddaughter. Yep. Uh, you know, she's she's a, a little bit, uh, still looks a little bit Asian. Oh, sometimes but, she does. But, but, but uh, you know, a, a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, different on the complexion side there. So you were in the Buddy Holly story and all that kind of good stuff. And you came, you came to um, the United States when you were how old? I was around six years old when I came to the U.S. Right, um, right. My parent, or my mom has been working in Korea for the past ever since I was actually born right to uh, to get to make more money so she could she her and I could go to the US as yes a pair yes then they met your son my mm-hmm. dad now mm-hmm. which yes. is not my biological dad but I still think of him as my real dad right and and you guys are adopted and everything else yep, like that yes right. that you you know you're a you're a wangland 150% i mean regardless of that kind of stuff but that that's a nice thing, and so you're legally James, uh, you know, uh, Wenland, which is wonderful, and and everybody loves you to death with that. Uh, that's a that's a point I wanted to let people know, and and just think about that. Now, your your grandmother, meaning your mother's mother, was a teacher, mm-hmm. and your grandfather was a mechanic, mm-hmm. and your mother, you know, had a college degree in the Philippines and everything else like that. And when you live in other countries. I don't mean to talk to people like they're three years old, but I don't think that sometimes people understand this. The Philippines, in a lot of ways, is like a third world country, isn't it? It really is. Uh, unlike here, sometimes you you can't take a shower in the Philippines because mm-hmm. of the water, mm-hmm. or sometimes you go without being able to change clothes for a while because of it. Right. I've experienced that. Thankfully, my mom right. has been sending money, and my dad as well sent money to the Philippines to the family that I was living with, mm-hmm. who were my aunt and my uncle at right. the time, and my right. cousins. Right. And I was t- I was well taken care of, unlike mm-hmm. the other people in the Philippines had different situations than I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was thankful for my parents, especially my mom and dad mm-hmm. for it, and mm-hmm. grandma and gra- my grandma and my grandpa as well. Mm-hmm. It helped a lot with uh, the immigration process, and it helped a lot with getting me materials for school mm-hmm. and getting food for my family. Yeah, people really, uh, and that's what this podcast is about, uh, because you are a wonderful person. Your, your, your parents, your relatives, people where you live uh, and where you lived are are really lovely people. And uh, every uh, year, many many times during the year, over the years, we've gone to different events with people from the Philippines and yep. different things like that. And folks are always lovely. They're very kind. They're very open. The amazing thing is when you go to the Philippine events, the 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 first thing people are doing is even people, I guess, who weren't even citizens. Sometimes some of them they're singing the Pledge of Allegiance. They're doing the, you know, sing, oh, rather, yeah. they're you know, they're they're just doing all these American-oriented things. Then they're doing things for their own country. They're very. Uh, very loyal to America. Yeah, they're very grateful for yes. us because the U.S. technically protects the Philippines. Yes. And if it wasn't for the U.S., I don't think the Philippines would be where they are right now. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, the, the people in the Philippines are very, well, people here too are very open with it because they mm-hmm. know how it feels to to mm-hmm. be poor and if it, they know how it feels to uh not have much things, so they don't take life for granted when it comes to this, and I don't, I don't either when it comes to it. My mom definitely doesn't. No, I know that. And yeah. a lot of my mom's friend know how it feels to not have a lot of money, not have mm-hmm. uh, 
anything to possess until they come here and they get a new opportunity to start life over again. People, that's that's wonderful, and I, I, I that's I, it's really important for people to hear that. Uh, I think because people think that they know that, but most people in this country, you know, have not been immigrants. They they have not immigrated to other places. They haven't had to leave America to go to some other to, to some other place because it's uh, you know there's more food to eat or whatever. Mm -hmm. And here, even though we complain about certain things, where we might say, "Gee, I didn't make a good wage, or I'm not making enough money, or I have to have another job," in the Philippines, you can have a family like your mother's family, where your grandmother was a school teacher and your grandfather was a mechanic and had a job, and other people in the family. But people had a hell of a time making ends meet. Am I correct? Oh yeah, it was hard and, to uh, keep a house. Yeah, it was hard. Uh, we didn't have a car. We mm -hmm. would take the bus everywhere we went. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we'd have to stretch food out for entire months mm -hmm. to just get by. Mm -hmm. But uh, with my mom's contribution and dad and you guys, mm -hmm. yeah, it was easy for us to live through. But not so easy, am I correct? Not, I mean, when you compare the way that things... Compared the, the, to the, my life now, definitely not. How much better is your life now in the United States jail? Now, right now, I don't have to... I don't have to worry about not eating. I don't have to mm -hmm. worry about, like back in the Philippines, once in a while, if, uh, it, now it, my parents, or I was never, I never went to bed super hungry, but I never went to bed hungry at all, actually, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly. But sometimes I'd ask for money on the side of the street to go and get some snacks or something like that. Mm -hmm. Here, I don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. I just go to my kitchen, grab food, mm -hmm. and it's much easier to do it here than over there, because... Mm -hmm. You gotta make sure that money lasts until the next paycheck. There you go. You know, and that's very profound what you're saying. You know that that it's it's nice for. It always breaks my heart when I hear that because I know that's you know that's for you, but for people all over the world mm -hmm. that have to, and sometimes people in this country, but we're not used to that anymore. It's not the depression anymore, or people panhandling for a dime, or maybe it is in certain areas, but. You said that to me, and, I, and, and you're very brave to, to put that uh, out on the podcast here. When you, would, when you were a kid, if you needed a couple of cents for an ice cream cone or sometimes even something that you really needed, yeah. you'd go and, and beg for money. Am I correct? Yeah, I'd do that. My, parent, my, uh, my aunt and my uncle wouldn't be too happy with it, but mm -hmm. sometimes it's what I do with my friends. We'd, get, uh, we'd ask for coins to go get popsicles because we don't get extra money to spend on stuff because right. we only buy what's necessary then and then don't worry about it ever again with like if we got torn clothes we need to go buy new clothes because mm -hmm. we can't be we need clothes to live every day mm -hmm. so we can't spend it on a snack or like an ice pop or something like that yeah you can't have all the little frivolities that no, we have we here that have people take for granted yeah we can't have luxury when it comes to it so like some kids now in lunch, they go and get ice cream. Mm -hmm. If I if I had the situation back in the Philippines and I wanted ice cream, I could not touch ice cream. I would not even dare think about grabbing any. I just mm -hmm. grab the regular lunch and go with it. Right now, now it's very funny when I speak to your mom. Again, I'm just reminding folks uh, that uh, my daughter-in-law is a, a radiology technician. Has a great job, as a matter of fact has gone to school in America, you know, for many courses and many certifications, mm -hmm. and English is not her primary language. Nope, I don't, and your mother never misses a day at work. I mean, she's like a nut regarding that. Oh yeah, she's yeah. a hard worker. I, 
I, I commend my mom with that. Yeah. She comes from, she came from a pretty poor family, mm -hmm. didn't have much. Right. And she's working hard to support me and my sister. And even when I was in the Philippines, my mom would work two, I think my mom worked two jobs actually when she right. worked in Korea. Right. To just support herself and me and her right. cousin yes. that I was living with or her sisters that I was living with. Now that's, you know, that's something that Americans don't understand, I don't think as much. And sometimes, uh, the uh, you'll you'll see people. Uh, it's a big thing in your family, or I'm not, I don't I shouldn't say your family, but correct me if I'm wrong. It's a big thing in the Philippines for people who don't have a lot that they share. Oh yeah, you're always looking to share. If somebody has something, you're looking to 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 say, hey, we got to share a little bit of this with somebody. We've got to take you know, we've got to take care of our family. Uh -huh. We've got to try, you know, it's not where you leave people hanging. When it comes to a third world country where you don't know when your next meal is or when you don't know what's going to happen to a family member, all all you have is family. You can't turn your back on your family in the Philippines or you won't survive out there. Yeah, It's hard to survive with just by yourself especially because you can't support, you can't get a job that pays high enough to support just yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you have family with you, everybody can get something. They can pitch right in and be able to afford what they need. So, like a house, they can all live in one house. This is, you know, you know, JL. I have to tell you already. This is the best show <laughs> that I've done in in thirty one episodes. This is the most meaningful one. I told you it would be a great show, and it is. Yep. That is so profound what you're saying. Now, your mother, uh, and I believe your um, your mother owns a home in the Philippines now a small yes. home yes small home where my aunt and my uncle and my cousins all live about how many people live in that house uh let's see when I was there at the time it was my aunt and my two aunts and I believe my one uncle that was married to my other aunt or no my aunt's husband excuse me and it was about four or five of my cousins living in there now it was only a two-room bed it was a two-room house there was the there was where the room where the adults all slept, and then the kids would sleep in the floor on the main room. Mm -hmm. So we'd have the room here, room there, with all the kids, four to five, six of us sleeping yep. together on the ground, with a mat with blankets on, but no mattress underneath. Mm -hmm. And then we'd have a small TV. There's the kitchen and a fridge that I don't remember if I was if back then if it was if we had a fridge or not, but. Now we do, but there was a bathroom that had no lights whatsoever. So mm -hmm. there's no, there was even running water. There was no running water. No, the yeah. toilet was actually the toilet ran. No, like no, like shower overhead. That we right. had to grab buckets of water and leave them outside for them to warm up and mm -hmm. swim in them in the kiddie pool. Mm -hmm. And that's that's our bath. That's our yeah. shower. Yeah. And, yeah. When I was in Spain, uh, when I used to go over in Spain, actually, believe it or not, that's a, you know, it's not a third world country, mm -hmm. but there's plenty of areas there with people who are really poor or the water gets knocked off. Pretty much the same. It was very, very mm -hmm. hot where I was in the southern part of Spain, and people would leave water out to warm up in these clay aqueducts, and mm -hmm. you just take a bucket yeah. and go out there and lather up with your bathing suit on or whatever it would be or, you know, under a thing and yeah. pour water over you and that was your shower, man. That was our shower. We, yeah. We'd all share it. It sounds disgusting, but we'd all share it. Mm -hmm. We'd have to like, we, we'd have a, we'd have a pail that we had. we scoop it up and put, show, put, uh, put soap in our hair, put a little bit of water, mix it all in. 
then rinse it out with the rest of the water, mm -hmm. and that's our shower. Did you get a chance to go to a movie or do anything else like that, or was that like a big deal? No, that was a that was only a luxury when my mom visited, like mm -hmm. whenever she was able to come by, mm -hmm. and. For like my birthday, this is only one year that I remember, but one of my birthdays, I can never forget it. I went to Jollibee's, which is like, which is like a Chuck E. Cheese, but in the mm -hmm. Philippines, and mm -hmm. it was inside of the mall. And mm -hmm. just for the party alone, was pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. I don't remember how much, but it was me and my entire now, it was me and my entire family, my and my cousins and my mom, mm -hmm. but it was also shared with other families there. So like mm -hmm. it'd be one party. Then there's be another one in the, across the room. Then there's mm -hmm. be one diagonal, mm -hmm. and we'd all share the same birthday party because no one could ever rent out the entire place just for them because mm -hmm. it was so expensive. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Now, Jails, as much as you can remember, were, were there any? Uh, I'm sure there's there's people who have money in the Philippines, but there's a big disparity between the average Filipino. There's a big difference between the average. Filipino and somebody who's really got cash there. Am I correct? Uh, yep. If you see anybody driving around in their own car, that that person is loaded. Right. If someone's driving around like motorcycles, even like motorcycles back then, mm -hmm. it was considered being well, not wealthy, but stable. There we go. Yeah, I've got you. Being stable with I've uh, got cash. So. Now, now, uh, you know. Well, I know that when your grandfather was uh, very, very sick uh, over there, and I think your grandma, there's no health insurance for people over there, is there? Not really. Unlike here, you guys have Medicare that'll help you with it, and like insurance from insurance work. to help. No, there it was. If you got sick, you waited it out, or if your family has enough money, you get medicine. But ninety percent of the time, it was, it it just didn't help because they need they were so sick that. You need to bring them to the hospital, but you don't have any money. Now, what would happen if you go to the hospital and you have no money? I would I, they treat you or turn you away? I I believe they turned you away because they they wouldn't have the right, they wouldn't have enough money to take care of you and for you not to pay them back for it. Mm -hmm. So, they they I'm not too sure because I've never visited the hospital there. Right, so. right. Now, when you were, I know you're just a little guy, but did, did, did anyone in your family ever have like a toothache or something like that? Or oh, that you, my, uh, back in the Philippines when I used to live there, I had a serious eye condition. That's right. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. My eyes were constantly bright red because right. of some virus that I, I had from receiving from the water there because the water is not filtered at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took many years for my eyes to get better. Same with I remember, my, sure. Yeah, same with my teeth. If you remember, my teeth were all crooked yes. or either dying at the root mm -hmm. or it was just so infected that it was just hard for it. And sometimes, right. like, especially with my eyes, well, now, my eyes still sometimes water whenever something too much is happening because mm -hmm. of the after effect of it. Mm-hmm. And my teeth now are much better than it was before. But yeah. back then, my teeth were... So like, we didn't have tooth. We had toothbrush, but we didn't do as much as we do now because mm -hmm. it was just something that we couldn't afford mm -hmm. sometimes. Now and and that's that's what I want the audience to hear. You couldn't afford toothbrushes. You couldn't afford toothpaste many times, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes or, we couldn't afford it. And when my mom sent yeah. money, or whenever somebody sent money, we we'd afford it. Mm -hmm. And one little stick would probably last us 
two to three months. A little what? One little stick of toothpaste would probably last right. us two to three months. Right. We put a little drop on and just clean our teeth on it. Mm-hmm. And a toothbrush would probably last us much longer than that. I don't right. remember how long mine went, but yeah, it was pretty bad. And we have any, uh, what's it called? Floss. floss. We didn't yeah. have any floss to use because it was just not necessary because we just, what was the point of taking care of your teeth if you can't go to the dentist, right? I want I want everybody to, to listen to that. I want, when you're thinking about saying these, put up walls, man. Put up walls. MS-13's coming in. <laughs> People are coming in from all over the <laughs> world. Yeah, I, I want you to listen to that. And, and the Philippines isn't as bad off as places in Guatemala and Central well, America or anything else like that. No one seems to care about them too much, unlike the Philippines, because we get help from the, we get help from the U.S., we get money from them, but those places either accept them or either we accept their immigrants or we turn them away to live worse lives than they already did. Yeah. A lot of yeah. it is... Uh, gang violence as well, yeah. especially in Mexico. Yeah, thankfully I never had to worry about gang violence, but I could never, I could never guess what how the immigrants really felt that are coming from Mexico. Was there a lot of crime in the Philippines, Jail? Not much I can remember. Not in our little province, at least. I actually, mm. everybody in our little province were really good neighbors to each other because yeah. it, it was just survival of the fittest there. If you, let's say. You do something like I used to. I used to run a lot when I was younger, and I'd run past this old lady's house, and she was close to her time, especially then. I, mm-hmm. I, she's not. I don't think she's alive. Rest her soul. But whenever I'd run past her house, she'd offer me a water bottle, and she'd have a couple of water bottles laying around. She said she gives it to me because it'd be a constant hundred plus degrees outside, and I'd be running around with my friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she'd always pass and give me water. And what I'd do is I'd run I'd run back and I'd get her fruit. If, like, I have an extra orange or an extra banana, I'd give it to her. Mm-hmm. Or, like, sometimes I'd go and beg for money and then I'd bring snacks to her that mm-hmm. I got from the money that I mm-hmm. got from begging from people. Mm-hmm. 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 So people around the neighborhood were friendly. They were helpful to each other. Uh... They weren't selfish, but they weren't. They weren't also like, here, get here, take all my stuff. They weren't like that, but they they were. They would help you if you need help. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see anybody starve to death, or or little, or, or would would people kick in and help them out if somebody was if somebody in the community was starving? I honestly couldn't tell you because I never saw that much of starving or anything like that. Mm-hmm. If I did. I probably didn't know what was going on. I'm not right. gonna lie. Very good. Now you would always tell me a story I, because people don't understand this who don't know you and I or the nature of our family. We tease around a lot all the yeah. time with everything. But uh, uh, you have all kinds of pets now, mm-hmm. animals and dogs. You have a beautiful motorcycle that you bought. Oh yeah. And you'll be getting a nice car and everything else like that. And you know you you're a just a wonderful guy and you work very hard and all those kind of things. But when you were this little little guy over in uh, the Philippines, I would tease you about that. You used to say you had a pet, what a pet spider? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, folks? Uh, oh you know, man. Now, this is how bored we were in the Philippines because we it'd be. I think it was like the last couple of years I lived in the Philippines that my mom 
got us a, a TV, and it was a TV that was probably smaller than a regular computer now, mm-hmm. and it had a total of six channels. Uh-huh. Uh, before then, I used to play with spiders, and like the spiders in the Philippines would grow as big as your palm uh-huh. if, they, if they were able to do that. But I get uh, spiders that are size of the thumb, mm-hmm. and I put them on a stick with another person's spider, and we'd make bets on it. Mm-hmm. So. Whosoever spider is dangling dead on the bottom of it gets the peso, which is uh, the currency in the Philippines. Right. That's how I'd make money. I'd make that or I'd run. I'd do races with my friends. So, you know, and that's a new twist on it. So, like like in some countries, you see that they have cock fights or dog fights. Uh-huh. You would have spider fights. Spider fights with my little friends. Spider fights for a, yep. for a, for a, for a peso. Or I'd set something on fire. That's mm-hmm. how... That's how that's how we entertain ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you don't mean like burn the village down. Oh, right? no, 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 no. You mean like just fooling around with oh, fire no. and things like that. My yes. uh, my uncle used to live under a bridge, and it was like a, I don't know how to explain it. It was just like a hole in the wall, kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, well, it's good for people to hear this. Can you imagine? Yeah, that? and it it was just a small room, and it was uh, a little room with a built-in bed in the wall. So like, mm-hmm. it was almost like a carved off car carved bed into the wall and it was right. hard and, but they put mattress on top and whenever mm-hmm. I'd sleep with my I, whenever I'd go and uh, spend time with my uncle I'd sleep on the floor mm-hmm. now I remember one time waking up to some weird noise mm-hmm. and it was pretty dark so I couldn't really see anything but I felt it it was a rat yeah. a rat that was about the size of about the size of my palm mm-hmm. it was just a little tiny rat but it was kind of crazy it was right to the right of my head that mm-hmm. I was sleeping in. Right. So this is some serious stuff now that, that you're talking about uh, with things. But not no, most of this stuff didn't phase you. I mean, you, like, you know, no, now you I go, always thought it was natural, honestly. Yeah, now if you go see Uncle Tom or you're going to, you know, go see Paul or Aunt Dorothy or something like that, you're going over to a you know, big, beautiful house mm-hmm. or something's nice or you come by. But then you you think it was perfectly normal. Was that your Uncle Tito? Yep. Yeah, so you go see Uncle Tito and, and, and you go over to the same, and the guy's living in a hole in the wall. Uh, underneath the bridge and he was a security guard too so yeah thank you that's what I was going to add mm-hmm. he was a Did, security guard His, uh, he'd leave right thing in the morning as soon as the sun came up he'd leave he wouldn't come back till the sun came down right and he still leave and I don't know what he's doing now because I can't mm-hmm. really keep in contact with him because he doesn't have right social media as of mm-hmm. now I think mm-hmm. um, but yeah he, he'd, he'd crack a die he'd go to work he'd He'd leave me a peso to get a snack whenever I needed. Amazing. What a wonderful mm-hmm. story. And then whenever he came back, he was so tired. He'd mm-hmm. eat his food and go to bed immediately. Mm-hmm. And my cousin and I would always... My cousin and I were, weren't too crazy when it comes to it, but living under a bridge, mm-hmm. we'd sometimes go go up to the bridge. Like mm-hmm. when the cars are passing by, we'd run across it. That's mm-hmm. how... That's how we entertained ourselves back then. And you were what, four or five years old? Four or five, six years old, yeah. Can you imagine, folks, having your kid out there, four or five or six years old, running back and forth in the bridge, the <laughs> uncle who's babysitting you, the security guard, yeah. lives in a hole in the wall underneath the bridge. Yeah. And that's not terribly uncommon, am I correct? That's not. And there was a, also, it was kind of like a dump uh, right underneath the bridge, a little bit across the hole in the wall. There mm-hmm. was mountains and mountains of trash that me and my friends would go and climb like you me and my friends could climb all the way up and nearly touch the, the bridge that's mm-hmm. how disgusting it was right but that's how we were that's how just 
crazy it is with it and we entertain ourselves with burning things or making toy swords out of broken legs of chairs or like yeah all the kind of stuff we used to have a place in when I was a kid in Brooklyn we used to have a place uh, it wasn't quite like that but it had garbage and stuff and we called it the lots Mm -hmm. people would dump off things and we build forts and everything the same crap that you were doing but just not as intense as that so uh, pretty amazing stuff uh, I want you back on the show to come by another time because we have a an hour we you know time we we we've, we've got some more time but you, to me I'm fascinated uh, it's nice putting this all in perspective so telling your story to folks here now can you imagine folks and again I, I want to keep repeating James's uncle is a security guard his grandmother is a school teacher grandfather is a mechanic with his own business in the Philippines. This is the deal. James's family, uh, you know, is not in the big city. You're more in the in the, We're the rural more area. In the su- suburbs. In the suburbs, but you're not un- you're not atypical. You're the typical kind of people yeah. in, that we, live there. We'd see kids running around white t-shirts or short shorts, or sometimes neither. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes, like uh, I remember a neighbor. He had a kid that never wore a short shirt because mm-hmm. he just couldn't afford a shirt, and mm-hmm. he just had pants. He'd run around with shirts around. He'd had cuts on him from like leaves and like twigs and stuff when he mm-hmm. used to play with us, and uh, it, it was it was interesting when it comes to it. Serious stuff, huh? Mm-hmm. Does that ever bother you now when you think about it, or do you think it did you good? When when I think about it and look back at like sometimes I look at uh, videos that my mom would shelf share from the Philippines or like yes. videos that you would share from. Uh, poor suburbs and remind it sometimes I'd see a scene and it remind me of something in the Philippines I'm mm-hmm. like wow that reminds me of like like the time that I was running down the street and someone dropped a peso and I couldn't keep it because you know honesty and mm-hmm. I gave it back to him but he let me keep it because mm-hmm. of it and he wasn't rich or anything if I remember correctly he was actually a hobo mm-hmm. and he wasn't rich or anything but he let me keep it mm-hmm. so so there's there's a lot of nice stories about the people there. All these people that from different countries that uh, are looking to come to America and other places for a better way of living, of mm-hmm. uh, of a maybe of a better wage, of increased safety or whatever it is. Yep. Uh, everybody's not a pack of thieves or a pack of bums or a pack of. Uh, now I don't know if it's just the place that I lived in. Yeah. But they they were all pretty nice. I couldn't say anything else about like the big cities in the Philippines sure. or anything That's like right. that. Because back there is there is just survival of the fittest. Because right. if you don't make it there, you can't make it anywhere. Right. Now, did uh, any grown-ups, uh, when you were growing up in the Philippines as a little kid, any grown-ups trying to hurt you or do bad things to you or anything else um, like that? I, or not really? Not really. All the kids, there were so many kids running around that practically you knew all most of the adults. And if right. somebody, and if someone weird or something like that comes yeah. out, you could see the other people just looking at them right and they would take care of it or yeah sometimes like when a trader comes around somebody that usually walks around all the time with a backpack and crap ton of stuff like toys or stuff or a Mm -hmm. troller with Mm -hmm. uh, a whole bunch of toys and stuff like that Uh they the kids would run up and talk to them but the adults in the background would be watching them just mm-hmm. to be safe, just be safe. So this wasn't about malls or Amazon. This was a trader, as you you know, when you're saying T R A D E R, a guy with a backpack full of little toys and yeah. gimmicks and things. He's like, sell to you the guys. Guy, the guy that I'm thinking of right now usually had a cart, like mm-hmm. a shopping cart, yeah, just filled with toys and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and he'd he trade for food, clothes, practically anything that he can get a hand on that will help him survive. You've you've said that term a number of times: survive, survive, yeah. and survive. What a great job you're doing, explaining things, explaining things. How important. For, for people to hear this, for me to hear it, for anybody to hear it. Now, when you came to America, I can remember when you first came here, you were adorable. You're a handsome guy now, and what a beautiful kid you were. You didn't speak much English at all, did you? No, no. I, I couldn't understand my dad. When he spoke English to me, I couldn't understand him. But thankfully, my mom actually taught him some Tagalog, so he and I communi mm -hmm. communicated through that. Mm -hmm. But... uh my dad used to take me out during the night and he'd point at stuff to for me to to say so like he'd point at a tree and I'd repeat after him mm -hmm. tree point a house house amazing car, makes me want to cry yeah and that's what my dad used to do for me um it was a while till I went to school because of my problem with not being able to speak now mm -hmm. one of the earliest memories of me going to school is uh, I was saying I was sitting crisscross applesauce on the mat right in front of the teacher and the whiteboard and we were learning a song and I saw a girl's underwear and I didn't know what it was so I went and grabbed it and she flipped out on me uh-huh I didn't know what was going on I just I didn't know what was going on so uh, I got kicked out of the classroom uh-huh <laughs> and I got talked to the principal my mom and dad listen were talking to me too I'm like I, I didn't know what was going on so what you were trying to do is to show the girl that her underwear was sticking out that it was I honestly couldn't tell you I just grabbed it for some reason uh-huh I didn't know but you, but you didn't know the word for it mm -mm. but you got in a whole bunch of trouble for it right I got, I got big trouble for it mm-hmm I want to be the first time I did something stupid like that but mm -hmm. I remember almost burning my house down Mm -hmm. I was, yeah. Now, how did you do that? I came home from school one day, and I didn't see my dad home, so mm -hmm. I was like, "Huh, I'm curious." So I take a bag, I take a paper out of my bag, I crumbled it up into like a rod, uh -huh. put it over the flame. I was like fascinated with it, right? And then it started burning and burning. It got to my fingertips, and I let go. My dad just walked up, walked through the door, and he smelled it, and he yelled at me while I was doing, and asked uh -huh. what was going on, and. But you didn't have any stoves like that in, in the Philippines oh, or anything, no, did you? I, so that was amazing stuff that you could turn on the stove and light the stuff I, up and do everything else, huh? I remember I'd walk around the house looking at stuff. I'd mm -hmm. look at drawers. I'd look at, sometimes i open up my drawer and look at all the clothes I have. I was amazed. Right. And like, now this is a funny story in how I used the toilet for the first time coming mm -hmm. to the U.S. I had the door open because back in the Philippines, you didn't have a door to close for it uh -huh. for in the bathroom. And the way that I used to use the bathroom in the Philippines is I put my feet on the outer rim and I'd mm -hmm. squat. Right. My butt wouldn't be touching it because in the Philippines, you don't have that part of the toilet where it prevents you from falling in. Right. So you have to squat on it. I remember my mom walking by and asking me what I was doing. I told her I was using the bathroom. She mm -hmm. told me to hop off, and mm -hmm. she showed me how to do it. I was like, I didn't know what was going on because it's not what I was taught how to use the bathroom or the toilet. Right. It was interesting. 
boy, you're throwing out some stuff I would have never thought. This is fantastic. Right. So you 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 were uh, you sat there and you almost set the house on fire because you the stove fascinated you. Mm-hmm. Nobody had stoves like that where you were. Well, not where you, I was. Not where you were. Right, and you um, didn't know how to use a regular toilet that we use here. Mm-hmm. That you would have to you know hop on the the toilet with your feet and you know and push yourself down. Yep. Uh, you know, and the other biggest thing was a shower head, which really, which really impressed me because back to the Philippines, I used to be in a kiddie pool when it comes to taking a shower. Right. Or right. Like, but when it comes to the U.S. and I, all you have to do is turn something on, water, warm water comes out, which mm-hmm. surprised me, mm-hmm. and I didn't know. What it, and comparing it now till then, I honestly thought. It was something like not everybody that everybody should have had because mm-hmm. warm water is something that I don't know it's just a lot of work when it comes to the Philippines with uh, warming water up mm-hmm. and now here all you got to do is flip a switch and mm-hmm. warm water comes out you don't yeah. have to worry about it. you don't have to you don't have to preheat anything yeah you know it's very funny I certainly didn't grow up in the Philippines but um... You know, and it sounds like I'm a million years old. It sounds like I'm my father telling stories. But when I grew up, we were we were pretty poor growing up, and we had a little one bedroom apartment in Brooklyn. And uh, man, I'll tell you, in the winter time, there was very little heat to begin with. Mm-hmm. But the landlord would sure, sure you know shut that off by six seven o'clock at night, and it wasn't coming on until like five thirty six o'clock in the morning the next morning. So my mother would put a uh, a pan of uh, of water in the gas oven you know what the water would heat up mm-hmm. and would kind of heat the apartment but you mentioned showers it wasn't until I was 15 till we moved Jesus to take a shower man if we got 30 seconds of hot water and I really mean that if we got a minute full of hot water that was you were as happy as a clam oh yeah so the way that you know you got cleaned up was to heat uh, you know in the stove mm-hmm. to heat buckets of water to put in the bathtub and get it warm enough yep. so that you could take a bath and like you're saying you take something and you know clean your hair or whatever it is but I can remember uh, we moved to this uh, very nice apartment uh, this very nice house um, that we rented uh, and I had my own room for the first time oh, and yeah, a shower with hot water oh Jesus man it was like I couldn't believe this oh yeah this was phenomenal mm-hmm. you know the first feeling of having a bed especially for me when it comes to it because I was so used to sleeping on the floor yeah that the bed was almost like a fortress for me because I yeah. had to lay there and just put a blanket over me and I feel so safe did you I was gonna you know I was gonna ask you whether you felt safe or you felt scared uh, most of when you don't speak uh, when people don't speak the language and you're a little kid and you're coming to a big city and your father was in the military for 11 or 12 years so you came to live on military bases which oh, yeah. are very highly mm-hmm. structured and they have a lot of people from other countries yes, that are there yeah, yeah. and a lot of people from all over the world which is kind of nice mm-hmm. uh, in a way but were you ever frightened when you were there? I were in the Philippines? No, in America when you oh, came America. to America uh, I wasn't too frightened because I was with my parents and a lot mm-hmm. of my friends were really nice to me mm-hmm. and I I wasn't as frightened as I was in the Philippines. Now, I was just a little kid when I was in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Half the time, I didn't know what the heck was going on. So, mm-hmm. But 
coming to a new place and having people talk to you in different languages, yeah, I was kind of scared, but eventually mm-hmm. I started learning the language myself, and my parents helped with a lot of that too. Same with the school. But I wasn't, mm-hmm. I was scared for some time because I didn't know, I didn't know how the world ran in that certain area of the park. Right. Or certain area of the world. So, mm-hmm. like, they have a whole bunch of different rules that I never had in the Philippines. Like, in the Philippines, if it rained, you took a shower in the rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You took a shower you in the rain. You listening to this, folks? This is amazing. When, like, when it rains, you take a shower, man. Yeah. Yep. You, you, as soon as the rain comes down, you take your clothes off, grab your bucket of soap, or you take your soap, your shampoo, clean yourself off, play in the rain a little bit. But when I was in the U.S., or but when I was in the army base, if it started raining, I could have run outside and take a shower in that. Mm-hmm. It, it it was weird because the first I did that, the first time it rained, I did that, and my dad was so confused. He was like, <laughs> he was like he, "What is James doing?" Nobody's out there? ever told us a story before. This you is fantastic. Never, no, oh, yeah, fantastic. No, uh, my dad was confused in what I was doing out there, and he said, and mom said that he's playing and having he's playing in the rain. It's like I've never seen someone play in the rain like that. And, and you weren't playing in the rain. You I were was, taking. You were I was ready to take a shower. Off. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was natural. Yes. So uh, the lesson here for people from other countries, they have their customs too, mm-hmm. that are totally different from ours, and uh, lots of times we're not accepting. Do you think that people in America were very accepting of you from the Philippines, or did they give you a hard time with things in some ways? I don't have a lot of recollection recollection on bad people in my past lives mm-hmm. that's because I just let that things go and yes. keep moving on because it's no point of trying to dwell on them, those type of people but mm-hmm. I do remember a couple of people giving me a hard time because I didn't know how to speak the language very well mm-hmm. and they'd make fun of like how my accent so like if you've ever heard of uh, Chinese people ordering food while oh you're sure ordering, yeah, yeah they uh they make fun of me like that because they couldn't understand what I was saying. And now yes. I was younger. They would mock you. Yeah, yes. they're little kids. Yeah, they'd mock us. But there was also a handful of people that was interested in the way that I talked, like Tagalog. Like they'd yeah. ask me to talk in Tagalog most of the time instead of teasing me. Yes. I'd be talking to them in Tagalog and they're like, what did you just say? And I'd translate for them. And I was lucky enough to have a friend actually that was Tagalog there that my mom has introduced me. Her name was Joanna. And I had other friends too, like Alan, Joanna. They were all Filipinos like me, and I used to interact with them because everything that I did in the Philippines, they did, because that's how they grew up before they moved to the US. And Mm -hmm. I talked to them in Tagalog, and eventually I lost my ability to talk in Tagalog because of how many people I've been hanging out with Mm-hmm. Speaking English now, it's kind of hard to remember it. When you dream, I would I would ask this to my buddy Doctor Prasarn. He was from Thailand, mm-hmm. and I was always fascinated. I would say, when you dream, Doctor Prasarn, do you dream in Thai or do you dream in English? Oh, what God. language do you dream in? Now, this is a weird scenario for me. When I dream and I think about the Philippines, I think I'm talking in Tagalog, but I don't actually understand it. So, like, it's almost like kind of like a blur. If mm-hmm. I remember talking to someone face to face and their mouth is moving, I can understand them, but I can under- I can also hear them speaking Tagalog and mm-hmm. not understand them at all. Mm-hmm. So 
it, it's kind of weird. It's almost like, it's almost like being able to understand them, but they're talking to Galog. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not too sure how to explain it. You're doing a good job. I, I think you're doing a good job. Let me ask you this question. You've been here now uh, about 12 years. Almost, yep. Yeah, almost 12 years. And it's amazing. You just used the word scenario. You, I mean, you you would never know that you, you weren't, that English wasn't your primary language, so on and so forth. When When you think of what you're, like a loyalty... I'm not talking about like for President Trump or for, for, oh, yeah. the, for the homeland security. I'm just trying to say like your homeland. Do you feel do you feel like America is your home now, or you feel like the Philippines is your home, or both? I which one do you feel closest to? I honestly would go with America now. If I went and visited the Philippines right now, mm-hmm. I'd probably feel all the feelings I had back when right. I was a kid. Right. Because I haven't been there in so long that right. everything has changed. So right. What I could be feeling for the Philippines when I was younger could be what I'm feeling now for the U.S. And yes. If I had to answer now, I'd probably go with the U.S. Yes. Because I've been here so long that it's given me so many opportunities to grow and so many opportunities for my family to grow as well. So yes. I'm so thankful for being able to come here for it, mm-hmm. unlike other people from different type parts of the world that mm-hmm. haven't had the chance that I had. That's right. That's right. Let me ask you this question, and I, I really want you to come back on another show if you'd like to, because oh, I think you have so much to offer. Uh, you know, on, on several shows, I think it would be very nice to have mm-hmm. your perspective as a young man, but also a young man from another country, uh, originally. And I know you uh, have thought about joining the military. Mm-hmm. You do, you know, a, a lot of things. You're very oriented towards all kinds of good things. One of the the weirdest experiences I ever had was when I went to visit you and mom and dad and Cadence was born out in Oklahoma mm-hmm. and I loved it I loved Oklahoma I'd never been out there before and I, you know, and I like military bases to yeah. be honest with you they're very secure they've got very interesting people there and you were living on base we went in to get some pizza at a pizza place you know the stories that we always have you brought us to the Chinese yeah. restaurant but we went to this pizza place and uh, you were such a handsome little beautiful little kid and your sister was just born, and your mother's very lovely, attractive. Uh, your father, very handsome guy in the military. And here I am with Grandma. And we went into a pizza hut, which you wanted to go into. And there were like three or four, um, they looked like farmers or whatever it was, like some you know white guys mm-hmm. in there. And I'll never forget getting real mad because they were, they were really uptight. The fact that uh, that. Your mom and dad had an interracial. Oh yeah, I interco- remember that. Uh, you yeah. remember that incident? Yeah, I remember that. Uh, you remember how mad I got? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. M- mom walked us out of there because oh, was, you and dad were about to flip on him. Yeah, I, I, man, I really didn't like that, and I've never really been on the end of that, and it stunned me. It stunned me because number one, uh, I've been in the military before, and. Uh, you know, in Altus, where your father was stationed, I mean, these are jerk water towns, mm-hmm. and the military. Is their bread and butter. Yep. And the military is like totally integrated, and it's got people from all over. Every and, race, gender, every race, sex. creed, gender, sex, transgender, whatever. It's a one good thing. It's all part of the big green machine or blue mm-hmm. machine or whatever. You know, that stuff. You know, they're, they're all brothers they, and sisters in arms when it comes to that. There might be. There's. I'm sure there's some racism there. You know, oh, whatever, yeah. like any place else. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not accepted and it's not promoted. And there's lots of diversity. I wasn't prepared for that. 
And I also wasn't prepared for it because your sister was just born. She was a baby, and you were just a little boy. Mm. And our family were adorable. Not because it was our family. Our family was everything that you'd want it to be. Yep. Your father looks like he's a, a member of the German Bund, you know, with, with white blonde hair. That's how I was. I mean, the two of us couldn't be any more Aryan if you, uh, you know, made a poster, you know, grandma. And I'm, folks, I'm not getting into racial stuff here. I'm just trying to, to set the stage for you on how people look. Your mother's a lovely woman. Your, your sister was an adorable baby. You're an adorable guy. And it was like, what? In, we weren't doing anything except being polite and wonderful to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you bullshitting me or what? I mean, I was ready to go Brooklyn on. I'm, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, even now I get... I, even I now was, I get that's what I wanted to there. ask you while we had a couple minutes mm-hmm. left. And then I want you to come back, if you would, and, and talk more oh, about yeah, this. Well. Do you get exposed to racism now? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, back in, uh, I think it was eighth grade, I got into a fight with this kid. I won't disclose his name. No, but do uh, that. He called me black and yellow mm-hmm. like the song he started singing it I'm black and yellow black and yellow. he started singing it because I'm colored dark mm-hmm. and Asians are usually compared to the color yellow right yes and he started singing that to me and I was so bad I almost cl- I clobbered that kid I mm-hmm. just I hit him right across the face and he didn't do anything to me mm-hmm. because well one he, he couldn't really fight back yes because he was just that type of kid that is all bark no bite. Right. But he did and it for no reason because you never do those kind of things. Yeah. He never did it. For, he didn't do yeah. anything. He did. I don't like him personally. And mm-hmm. he just did it just to do it because because I talked to one of the one of the girls that he liked apparently. Right. And, and, and see what people don't understand. And forgive me for interrupting you on here is you don't know uh, James, obviously. James can certainly take care of himself. He's a you know big, handsome guy. But James is not a violent guy. James's mother and father don't tolerate that kind of stuff. Oh, but, no. You know, if... No, James is very polite. Uh, I'm not saying that because James is my son. Even when you keep using the word colored, and I want to just stop it for one second because that's one of the things from James, from your language. In America, you would never say that. You're not referring to a black person as being colored. Oh, no. You're, you're referring to the fact that people who are... are where you come from who are not Caucasian yes. you're saying they're, they have different colors so you're saying yeah, they're colored yes. you mean people of color yes yes, that's, that's what I mean <laughs> and that's I like, just realized that actually. Yeah. yeah no no in America that's that. like a, a, a no no but you yeah. that's like you come from another culture you, another language another mindset you're meaning a different thing mm-hmm. but, like but whenever I say I'm Asian they automatically think I'm white because or they think most most Asians are white yeah, that they're very to, pale. Yes. Yeah, and then they they're surprised with my color. So yeah, well, you just have like a dark tan. I just have color a darker. Too. Yeah, yeah. I'm more tan than anything. Yeah, no one would take you for not that there's anything the matter African with that. American. No, no be, one would think no. you're an African American. No, not at all. But uh, but you but you've had people uh, call you the N word. Am I correct? Oh yeah, that actually that same guy actually did call me that one time and. Mm-hmm. Like it was a year or two after that incident with right. the black and yellow one, and I was much, I'm I was more mature because I was in ninth grade, and right. uh, I also had the I also had the threat of being deported if I get if I break a law or something like that because I'm not a An citizen. American citizen. Yep. Yes. I also have that threat lingering over my head every single day that I do anything. Oh. So um, 
after he called me the n-word i didn't do anything to him i didn't punch him but i did go and tell the teachers and you know what he got he got suspended for a couple of weeks because that's not tolerated in school but at me personally it kind of hurt because one i'm not actually african-american right and two it's just it, it's just a word that it, to it's downgrade ugly. somebody. Yes, to downgrade. And you know, well, we just have a couple of minutes left here on the show. The uh, the hour has gone by so fast. It's, oh, yeah, it's amazing. It no, it sounds like 10 minutes. But we're going to come back to this on another show. But I want people to think about this on the power of the situation. Think of JL's story. Think of JL's life. Think of, if you're thinking, wow, you know, that's pretty tough. Hey, other places in the world, it's a hell of a lot tougher, folks, mm-hmm. than that. And this hasn't been fun. But you come to our country, and you could be a great kid. You could be wonderful. You could be appreciative. You could be misunderstood. You could be trying to learn a language. You could be a great citizen. And you just said a very important thing. You have to walk around many times with one hand or both hands tied behind your back. Mm-hmm. You do anything, you're a terrorist. You're, a, you're yeah. not from here. You're not this or that. Or you're not I a citizen. I get labeled yet. something that I'm not. You get I, labeled I, I, something I, that you're not. Mm-hmm. No matter how good you no, are, whatever. You could save 100 people, but if you accidentally killed one person, there you are. You're a terrorist. You're a murderer. Yes. So. Now, do you dwell on that a lot or do you overlook it? Uh, when Usually when it, it's fresh in my mind, I dwell over it. But eventually, as days come by, I just blow over it because... When it comes to life here, you can't really you you can't leave regrets for anything. And if mm-hmm. you, and if you're constantly lingering over what somebody said, there's you you can't live your life like that. That's you can't right. you can't make something of yourself if you listen to somebody and they said something to you two years ago. Right. Well, I'll tell you what. We have exactly two minutes, mm-hmm. and I'm going to end on this point. But I have to say, and I always tell it to you privately. You're the grandson I always wanted. You're the grandson that God gave me. I'm so happy that you're in my life. You're a wonderful guy. You're going to have a wonderful life. You, you do wonderful things now. You're going to do more wonderful things. And I'm so proud of you tonight for sharing some of the personal things. Uh, a lot of people wouldn't want to tell those stories. A lot of people want to just you know say, hey man, I'm, I'm you know my life is perfect. This is who I am. Y- you show a different side, and I I, I think. It's going to help somebody. I think it's going to help somebody out there. And you know that's what the Wanglins are all about. Yeah. And that's what you're all about. And that's what your family in the Philippines is about. They're good folks. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed the um, the show tonight. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this one. You know, sometimes we have lighthearted shows. A lot of times we have heavy shows. This is, I think, the most important show I've ever done. Uh, because it's, it's real important. When you watch the news, you know, remember... That's somebody's son or daughter or somebody's grandson or, or some kid who's, you know, taking a shower when it rains. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's a funny story and it's cute to a point. And then, and, and then it's real serious. Yep. So you're going to come back and we're going to fill in people I'll the next half, to. huh? Yep, I'll uh, be Some different to. stories. I've got a lot more stories that I've thought of just talking to you here and now, actually. I've got a lot of them, but we don't have the time for it. Well, we don't. And if you have any questions or you have any comments, uh, send them to me, Stan Wangland, at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D at gmail.com. Or you can check me out on Facebook, Stanley Wangland. Or you can check me out on Twitter, which is Stanley Wangland. It's just at S. Wangland. 
Hey, thank you. God bless. Have a nice night. James? Thank you very much. Have a great day, everybody. Okay, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, folks.